Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. Welcome into the Yards After College podcast powered by KSLSports.com. I'm your co-host Kyle Ireland and alongside me every week is the one and only the Mountain Dew pitch black (laughs) void Sam Farnsworth. (laughs) Sam, you can't find the pitch black anywhere, huh? No, I mean, it's you can get it in a bottle at a gas station, but uh, I'm I'm looking for the the 12 pack, man. Yeah, I know. It is what it is. These are just signs. These are just signs leading me that I need to uh, I need to kick back my uh, Mountain Dew, whatever it is. I don't want to call it an addiction, but I like it. It's it's okay. It's okay. (laughs) Uh, I found the regular. Still can't find the zero sugar in the twelve packs, and it's kind of frustrating. But we press on. We press on. Uh, Sam, on this week's uh, podcast, I wanted to talk about a few things, but. First, I wanted to kind of recap with you the NFL Combine. Uh, Scouting Combine was last week, and we had some really impressive performances from these uh, local NFL players, namely Blake Freeland setting records. Uh, We had Jaron Hall out there as a quarterback, Clark Phillips showing what he's got, and then uh, obviously Dalton Kincaid did not participate in drills, but I feel like those are kind of like the the big-name guys. What did you make of the Combine? Uh, I know we kind of talked about what we felt overall and what mm-hmm. the combine was last week, but how did you think about these local guys and their performances? The combine served its purpose, especially for the two offensive linemen that were there, Braden Daniels and uh, Blake Freeland. So they, they put up those, those great numbers and great performances and the agility drills and their 40 times and all those things that just show that these guys are great athletes. Right. And, but the, the narrative, on social media out there and on the broadcast when these guys are doing these things is, well, okay, how does that translate to being an offensive lineman in the NFL though? Well, I'll tell you what, why the combine and why those performances were so valuable for them is, is for a couple of reasons. Number one, Blake Freeland, especially, um, and and then Braden Daniels, they, they got the attention of executives, coaches, uh, you know, scouts, all, all of those, those people that were there at the combine to, to scout out and, and follow all these athletes, they got their attention. And so now if this guy, if Blake Freeland or Brandon Daniels wasn't on uh, team a or team B or team C's radar, and suddenly they're like, Whoa, we were looking for an offensive lineman. How come we don't know much about this guy? So what happens is now they're going back. They're looking back at the tape 
they're scheduling an extra interview with those guys if they hadn't already, right? And those are the two most valuable things when it comes to preparing for a career in the NFL or preparing, I should say, for the NFL draft are when teams are looking at these players, the two num- two most valuable um, resources are number one, the game tape. Number two, being able to talk with these guys, get to know their character, get to know who they are as a person, their personality with, with these interviews. Those are the two most valuable things, right? The combine, the pro days, in my opinion, the, the, the way they serve these players best is by getting more eyeballs on them, getting their attention for more coaches and, and uh, scouts to go back and look at those game films, right? Uh, because that's where the t- the story's truly told. And then they get an opportunity, they're invited out, they're drafted, whatever. And then from then on, it's all about what can you do for them in practice and in games and in the NFL, right? So, but uh, that, that's what stood out to me with those offensive linemen. I think Braden Daniels and Blake Freeland, they both just got a lot more interest in them with their performances at the combine. So out of what we watched on TV, obviously, throughout that week, do you feel like there was one guy maybe other than Blake Freeland that kind of separated himself and was able to elevate his draft stock. And then maybe one guy that maybe his performance wasn't what you thought it would be. Um, I don't know if anyone really elevated their stock a whole bunch. Um, I'm sure there's multiple of these guys that wish they'd maybe done a little bit better, especially in their speed times. Right. Uh, But Puka Nakua is one guy that I feel like, you know, if given the opportunity to participate at BYU's Pro Day and clock maybe a little faster 40 time, he would he would take advantage of that. However, um, he, I don't think he he boosted his stock at Pro Day, but he didn't hurt or excuse me at the combine. He did not hurt it for sure. He got uh, the the people that whatever questions or curiosities that that teams had about Puka Nakua, he just confirmed those with, with even just the drills that, that he did that, you know, okay, this is a mid round guy, right? This is a guy who maybe could sneak late, late into day two. I would say that's a, that's his ceiling right now going into the draft, but this is definitely a mid round, like a fourth, fifth round uh, potential talent going into this NFL draft. And so uh, wide receiver needy teams, when you get later into the draft, they're going to, you know, Puka is going to be one of those names popping right up on the list right away. So I think, the way one way he can boost his stock and one and we've seen it before is when you have those hometown pro days at your at your home campus those tend to work you run a little faster <laughs> you run your routes a little crisper you've got a familiar arm throwing you balls usually um you know i'm sure he'll have jaron throwing to him there in provo uh, when they have the pro day and so uh that's a day where there will be again a lot of eyes a much smaller field to compete with for those eyeballs and uh, I think I think Puka's got the most to gain. Jaron's got a lot to gain too, but I think Puka's probably got the most to gain. Yeah, it'll definitely be interesting to see uh, BYU's pro day, if I'm not mistaken, is a week from today. Um, or sorry, not a week from today, two weeks from today. Uh, it's on Friday, like the 23rd or 24th or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So um, going to be interesting to see how these uh, guys, you know, seven, eight weeks from now are going to be, you know, life-changing moments, but there's a lot to yeah. happen be- between now and then. But yep. uh, big news about the NFL draft today, Sam, we're recording on Friday, March 10th, and uh, the Chicago Bears reportedly have traded up um, to the number one, or sorry, the Chicago Bears have traded back from the number one overall pick uh, with a deal uh, from the Carolina Panthers, and uh, Panthers moved up from number nine. Uh, I know that we talked a little bit before we hopped on this pod, Sam, 
I'm a Colts fan and I thought they were going to trade <laughs> up from four. And so I'm, I'm livid right now, but what did you think <laughs> of that trade and kind of how it resets the landscape for, for the top 10 of the draft? Well, they're definitely in the market. I'm talking about the Panthers are definitely in the market for a quarterback, right? They want to make and sure have they, been. yes, <laughs> they, they have been for a while. There's no doubt about that. They want to make sure they get the guy that they want, right? They, they want to make sure they get the pick, they get their pick. They don't want, you know, uh, we're, we're deciding, but they don't want another team to decide for them basically. Right. You, right. you get to the number two pick, the number three pick, another team's going to decide for you most likely. So yeah, they position themselves to get the quarterback that they believe in will be their quarterback of the future. The bears they're moving back. They, they get a guy that, that you know, uh, the reports that I had been reading this off season is that they had a lot of interest in DJ Moore and, and getting him on their team. But once you hit free agency, you're competing with other teams for that, right? Well, now they make a trade. He's in-house now. They can work out a long-term agreement to get the receiver that they wanted all along, and they only go back eight picks. Uh, they don't need a quarterback. So going back eight, eight picks in, in this draft for the Bears is not a bad thing at all. You know, they're probably still in a position to get uh, one or, you know, one of the top two or three players on their draft board still at the uh, – at the ninth pick in the draft. So, but it, but you know, this trade does uh, shake the ground that other quarterback needy teams were walking on. Like you mentioned here, Indianapolis Colts, <laughs> right? Because uh, it likely yeah. means there's no chance of them getting to that number one spot now. Yeah, no. Cause you, you figure Carolina now at number one is going to take a quarterback Houston at two, probably going to take a quarterback. I mean, they do have the 12th pick as well. So, I mean, maybe they, just take the two best players they can get at those positions and try for Drake Mayer, Caleb Williams next year, figuring they're so far off. I mean, a lot of these teams in the top five, top 10, they're not just a quarterback away. They're multiple pieces away. Yes. So maybe they usually try the just, case. Yeah. They try, try and add those pieces, you know, one at a time and then just, you know, strike when they can for the quarterback. But there's uh, only, there's only, gosh, it, it grows a little bit. I would say there's only really maybe four positions that I would call franchise positions in the NFL where, where you take a guy that you feel can be that, that guy that you can bank on for the next decade, all the other positions, in my opinion, I feel like it's a revolving door. You can, you can plug and play a little bit there. So those franchise positions, in my opinion, quarterback. So if you're looking for a franchise guy, even though, even though there's more than just that hole to fill, these teams that are at that spot in the draft quarterbacks, one of those guys, I think a cornerback, a defense, you know, a solid lockdown corner is one of those guys. Yeah. Patrick Sertan, the second in Denver, yeah, I mean, huh, I, I mean, pick. but, but yeah, I know a lot of Bronco fans are a little upset because they have been quarterback needy for a long time. They went with a defensive back. Well, they just got a defensive back that can be their lockdown corner for a decade, right? This is like another champ Bailey. And so it's, it, it's a great pick, um, you know, offensive tackle, defensive, and, and, and an edge rusher, I think, are the other two positions where right. you can get a franchise position uh, player in the top 10, you know, picks in the draft. Outside of that, I, I still feel like with the NFL draft, you take the best player left on your team's board, your team needs. And for the most part, if you have smart executives uh, and scouts, you're going to get a decent draft out of it. And you're going to get a lot of positions that will work out for you in the, in the long term. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. 
Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Well, we've got a, a mock draft roundup that I put up a week ago before the Combine up on kslsports.com and the KSL Sports app. Uh, you can go check that out, but I'm going to update that probably in the next week or so, uh, just with, you know, there's going to be a lot of new mocks coming out, and uh, some of these local guys are first-round, second-round picks, and they're featured in these mocks. So uh, interested to see if uh, any of these NFL experts out there kind of shake up where the locals fall based off of some of these moves that are uh, happening or going to happen. Uh, but in the near future, Sam, we've got free agency just on the horizon. Uh, beginning next week, uh, officially gets underway on the 15th at 2 p.m. Mountain Time. But we have a number of local guys that are be becoming free agents um, or have already signed new deals with the teams that they were on last season. And uh, a couple of uh, names just to quickly note on that. You've got, you know, Kyrus Tonga, mm-hmm. uh, who signed a deal a couple of weeks ago. Um, Zane Anderson moved on from the Chiefs. He's now with the Buffalo Bills. Uh, Jalen Davis re-signed with the Bengals yesterday. Um, so interesting move. Uh, he's he's continued to sign extensions with the Bengals the last couple of years. Um, but then you've got new guys that are, you know, free agents now. Bobby Wagner entered free agency a couple of weeks ago after get, getting released by the Rams. And then uh, Matt Gay wasn't franchise tagged by the Rams either. So it looks kind of like from some reports that Matt Gay might be on the move uh, out of Los Angeles after a few years with the Rams. So uh, there's a number of guys there. Uh, Obviously, like Jamal Williams is probably one Mm -hmm. of the key figures that, um, you know, had a great season last year and really kind of proved himself as a lead back in the league. He's a free agent out of the the Detroit Lions. Um, But are there any other guys, maybe any of those guys in particular that you're interested to see whether or not they stick with their current team or, Hey, I made a name for myself like Jamal did last year. You know, is he going to look to sign with, you know, another team based off of that opportunity they had a season ago? I think uh, when it comes down to Jamal Williams, man, it just seems like that fit just worked so well for not only him, but for the team, right? The team got more than they had anticipated getting Jamal Jamal got more than probably he anticipated by joining the Detroit Lions and the fan base is absolutely in love with Jamal Williams, right? I mean, he's, he's such a likable guy and just all of the, the interactions that fans get to see through his social media accounts, but also through his media interviews, just, he's so easy to like. And then the way he plays the game, he looks like he's having so much fun out there, you know, and the career year he had, it would just be, Shocking to me if the Detroit Lions don't work out a way to retain Jamal Williams uh, for the future, just because it worked out so well. They don't, they don't, you know, it worked. Don't fix what's working. Um, the the other player, two players that you mentioned that I'm really interested in seeing where they land. Obviously, Bobby Wagner is going to be in high demand, I think, you know, uh, and I would not be shocked if he even signed like a four-ish year deal um, just because he had one of the best years of his career this last season he's still playing at a very high level at a pro bowl all pro level and he will be a coveted linebacker going into the draft but matt gay i know he's a place kicker and it kind of feels like i think in a lot of fans minds and even in teams minds that kickers are a diamond dozen in fact uh kansas sports very own scott mitchell 
told me once that um, punters are like a part of the team, but kickers are kind of like the unicorn. They're, 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 they're just this kickers kind of are their unique, different person. They don't, he says like punters were, they, they fit in with the team a little better. Right. And uh, you, they always say, you know, kickers are football players too, whatever. But um, Matt Gay is one of those guys that he's been really good last year. This last season, he missed two field goals is all I think. And one extra point he's, he's had a great uh, career for the most part through four seasons in the NFL there's got to be a team out there that wants them. The problem is, is as soon as one kicker gets released, no matter how good they are, a lot of teams already have it. You know, it's not like you get a backup kicker. It's not like you, not very many teams will bring in an extra kicker in camp for a kicking competition. They will, they will at times, but that doesn't happen that often. They usually just kind of stick with who they like. So this is an interesting situation to watch because Matt Gay could be lingering even into training camp as a free agent or even into the preseason or the beginning of the season even. And then suddenly someone will be like, we need a kicker, an injury, whatever happened. Matt Gay gets signed, and then he's locked in again with another team for a while. So I'm a little surprised that the Rams uh, – I get I get the franchise tag sometimes means you got to pay more than you want to. So maybe they are able to work something out, get back to the negotiating table with Matt Gay and still retain him. But uh, it's I'm really interested to see how his free agency process goes. Yeah, a couple guys that I'm looking for. I'm interested to see kind of how this Lamar Jackson situation plays out with the Ravens because yeah. Tyler Huntley is a free agent once again. They had him on that like exclusive rights free agent tag, whatever deal, mm-hmm. a season ago and were able to keep him. Uh, he's a restricted free agent again this offseason. So Baltimore kind of controls him uh, contractually again this offseason. But you know, let's say some team comes and says, hey, Lamar, we're going to give you X amount guaranteed or fully guaranteed like he wants. And uh, Baltimore's like, hey, yeah, sure, we'll take the two first-round picks and, you know, send Lamar on his way and have a good rest of your career kind of a thing. They've got Tyler Huntley already in-house. They've seen what Tyler Huntley can do over the last couple of seasons. Um, probably not the most impressive end of the season last year like he would have wanted, but, you know, he's actually had quite a bit of game reps uh, with Lamar being hurt the last couple of seasons. So I'm interested to see how that situation plays out. And if, uh, if Tyler Huntley ends up kind of becoming the starter based off of that, uh, if Lamar Jackson ends up leaving Baltimore. Um, and then the other guy that I was interested in, uh, he was a free agent a season ago and a season before that it's Kyle Van Noy, yes, uh, former yeah. BYU linebacker. Um, it seems like he's kind of in that part of his career where he's looking to find that home again, like he had in new England. Obviously mm-hmm. was with the Dolphins for a season, but he signed a multi-year deal and that didn't end up working out, uh, didn't end up working out. So he ended up going back to New England, was only there for another season and then spent last season with the Chargers. But their general manager, Tom Telesco, uh, he was on the Pat McAfee show, I believe it was last week uh, during the combine and was really, really complimentary of what Van Noy brought to them last year, not only on the field. Uh, especially later in the year, mm-hmm. but just his leadership ability. And they're, they're kind of a young team still um, obviously uh, made the playoffs last year and, you know, maybe they look to re-sign him, but I still think Van Noy like Bobby Wagner, you know, even though they're aging um, yeah. been in the league for, you know, around a decade, those guys still have a lot that they could offer an NFL team. So interested to see where those guys would, would end up. But. I agree. And and one thing about Van Noy too, is he really kind of came on late in the season, right? He had five sacks and all five of his sacks came in the last five games of the year, one, one each game. And I mean, 
uh, he really seemed to pick up some momentum and show that he had a lot left in the tank. I mean, he had eight TFLs last year. Uh, that's the second most he's had in any single season in his career. So he's still getting in the backfield. He's still got speed around the edge to get to the quarterback. Um, I, yeah, I, I think Kavanoi brings a lot of value to a football team still, even if it's maybe in a rotational reserve type role, but I think he's got a, you know, a handful of seasons in his career left still. Well, I know that we're in the off season, Sam, but you guys are still on top of the locals in the NFL on KSL sports live. What can you tease for me this weekend? Well, Kyle, it is that time of year where March is maddening and it's all about basketball. I know this is a football podcast, but this weekend on KSL sports live, we will be going uh, hot and heavy with our college basketball coverage with um, the, the bracket selection shows where the university of Utah women's team is uh, undoubtedly going to have a, uh, you know, a host for the first couple rounds of the tournament, probably a number two seed. We've got the Utah state on the bubble and men's basketball, um, you know, Utah Valley, Southern Utah, they could lock up a spot. It's, it's fun, but yeah, it's going to be a lot of basketball this weekend on KSL sports. Live. But yes, like you said, we do not deny or, or neglect our football coverage. And so anytime that there's good stories popping up with our locals in the NFL or college football teams, we'll have that as well because spring football is also happening right now in our state with BYU underway. Hey, that's because football is King Sam. We all it know is. that. That's 100%. The motto. Well, Sam, we will look forward to that coverage on KSL five TV this weekend. Uh, you can follow all of our free agency coverage this coming week on kslsports.com and the KSL sports app. If you don't have that, download it on your phone via the App Store or the Google Play Store. And uh, until next week, uh, be sure to follow Sam on Twitter at Samsworth underscore KSL. I'm on Twitter at Kyle Ireland. And uh, be sure to uh, continue to follow all things. You know, we got breaking news like every day in the NFL right now. It's just little tidbits here and there, but we're going to have some big stuff in the coming weeks. So be sure to check that out. Uh, Until next week, this has been the Yards After College podcast powered by KSLsports.com. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.